0: Good evening, family. In the words of a man of faith, I believe God. (laughs) Amen. Turn me up just a little. Uh, Go to the book of Genesis. This has been something that God has just continued to stir my heart about. And you know, I know Pastor Phillip spent months teaching on it a couple of years ago, but I haven't been able to get away from it. I haven't been able to move away from the fact that now, as a church, as a body of believers, we must become consciously aware of our authority and walk in it as a way of life. You have to become as aware of your authority as a soldier is in the military there's you know, once uh, my brother was a navy man and he told me he said brother i don't know what they do now but when i was in the navy he said if you got promoted you earned it and you knew everything you needed to know before you got in that position he said you was tested on everything you was not going to the next rank just because somebody like you and so, God has been stirring me about authority, and we must begin now to exercise authority and walk in authority. We got to walk in our dominion, but we got to exercise our authority consciously. You know, when i uh, I'll just use a, a sergeant, when a sergeant makes sergeant, he understands the chain of command. He don't just know his rank. He know everybody's rank beneath him and everybody's rank above him, okay? And he understands the chain of command. He understands the the consequences of insubordination. He understands something. Even when you get to the four-star general, the four-star general knows that he's not the top. He understands he's still subject to the pentagon. You understand what I'm saying? Psalms 138, verse 2. The Bible says, matter of fact, turn over there and read it. I, I, I was going to Genesis, but I want you to read Psalms 138 and verse 2 because we got to come to the point where we realize that even God Himself has put Himself under authority. How many know to be in authority, you have to be under authority? Yes. If you are in authority, you are subject to authority. And if you try not to be, that's called rebellion to authority. That's where you get court martial. So, I want you to understand authority is essential in this hour. We cannot play with it and we cannot act like we don't have it. Because your enemy is coming at you and you better know you've been authorized. He says, "I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy love and kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name." Do you understand it God has submitted himself to his word. He will not violate his word. He will not go against his word. He has come to a point to where my word spiritually speaking is the Pentagon and we got to understand that so if God is the head of Christ, God's got a, he's got a chain of command. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman or we could say wife and then parents are the head of children, right? See, so and anybody who rebels, amen, who, who, who refuses to recognize that authority. That's one of the things that God told me. He said, son, he said to exercise authority, authority must be real, recognized and realized before it can be exercised. If you don't recognize that you've been authorized, if you don't realize that you have authority, you will act like you don't you'll still be wondering, you'll still be waiting, you'll still be calling somebody else to pray, somebody else to intervene, somebody else to get it done, not realizing that you are the woman, you are the man, you are the individual that God has empowered, God has deputized you. You are so with old westerns, hey, amen, it may just be one sheriff and sometimes you don't have a deputy, every time, every night there's a sheriff and a deputy, but when the outlaws start acting up, I just say they start tripping and they go they on their way to Dodge City, come on, Matt's going to call Festus and Newly, right? But he's also going to go out and get the blacksmith Or whoever else I can put a badge on But he don't just put a badge on them They got to sit down in the marshal's office And get his understanding Get his talk This silver star on your chest Don't give you a right to take your six shooter And go to blowing folks away But it does give you a right to stand up for the law It gives you a right to arrest those That are violating the law It puts you in a position And when the marshal has got to leave town He leaves the deputy there And the deputy now is first in charge because the first in charge is out of town. And until he gets back, the deputy is subject to nobody in town. But the deputy always knows I'm subject to the marshal. I'm subject to the law. So when we get that understanding, we begin to realize. Go back to Genesis chapter one. When we begin to realize that God has deputized us, God has authorized us to go forth and do something and do it in His name, in His authority. Then we got to wake up and begin to realize. Okay, I have been deputized. I've, I've I've sworn an oath to uphold the law. And so, in other words, authority demands responsibility. But watch this, especially in the kingdom. Of of God like never before authority demands deep roots of character. See, that's what's wrong right now in our civil law enforcement. There are too many what we call road cops, too many individuals sworn to uphold the law that don't have enough character to wear the badge. We can't bash everybody, but yet there's too many. And we have to deal with them the way the military deals with a person that's insubordinate. We cannot just slap them on the wrist and say, well, it's all right. And let's just cover them and let them keep doing the foolishness. So in the kingdom, your authority is, you know, the Bible talks about how that the heir is under governors and tutors until he comes to maturity. What I'm telling you is God has given us potentially all the authority we will ever have, but it's not released until our character develops. There stages of maturity that we God recognizes. We're responsible enough at this level to have it turned up. Remember, the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter one, verse seventeen. So then righteousness is revealed. Watch it now from faith to faith. There's one level of faith you walk in and you know that you're righteous and things happen but then there's another level of faith God said let me show you what else your righteousness affords you but as your faith increases the revelation of righteousness that you was as righteous you would never be more righteous than you are but as you you got to mature in your confidence in God and his word you have to mature in the fear of God for more of what righteousness affords you to be revealed to you so you can begin to walk in that level of righteousness. Amen. Yes, sir. I was thinking the other day, I was like, uh, I, was, I was with Pastor Caldwell, but we, the conversation didn't go that way. I had said in my mind, when we get alone and sit down and talk, I'm going to ask him if he will teach righteousness again. In 1992, when I became uh, an a official member of his church and son of the house. He was teaching on righteousness and I had heard righteousness from Brother Hagan. I had heard righteousness from Kenneth Copeland and but as I began to set up under Pastor Carl where he did a a, like a like a three-month series on righteousness and the revelation of righteousness so impacted me that when I went to Jacksonville, Florida for revival, I wound up preaching righteousness What happened? He had preached it into me and I had meditated on it so long but the real revelation of righteousness changes the way you walk it changes the way you see yourself because you begin to understand I'm in right standing. When a soldier knows he's in right standing with the chain of command, even though he's a soldier, even though he's been through boot camp, he, he stands, he's been taught how to stand in attention. But there's something about a revelation of authority that makes you carry authority. Let me say it like this. Authority is not only a possession, it's a position. You can walk, In David King's house. Now as as, as nice as brother David is, as cordial and as hospitable as he is, when you walk in his house, there's certain things you just don't do. You just don't do. Why? Because you recognize even though brother David has said nothing, he's the authority. He don't just have authority in his house. He's the authority in his house. And you got to understand that that God has put authority on you and God has called you not only to have authority but to be an authority. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God, Elohim, that's the Godhead, said, let us, I'm mean, not talking about Michael and Gabriel, let us, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Elohim, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, now watch how he repeats himself, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over the over every creeping thing that creepeth up on the earth so he said you see that your authority unfolds your authority continues to extend it continues to expand now that that's that's the meeting that they had the God had had a meeting and once the meeting came to this conclusion then they acted on it so God said so Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So, God has created the human race. Humanity is now created in the image of God and then God Blessed them. God endowed them. God empowered them by speaking to them. By, now you know when you get a, when you get promotion, there is an a, uh, a formal. That's what I want to use. A formal ceremony. And how many know that ceremony is never done in the back room with just you and two other officials? It's done public so others can see the authority, the rank that's being conferred upon you and that you're going to walk in and honor. So when God authorizes you, he don't hide from the devil to authorize you. He does it in the devil's face. God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful. Now, understand this. I want you to catch this from the beginning, that these are people in their spiritual state only. They do not have their physical body because the soul and the spirit is joined. God is speaking to the spirit and the soul is attached. So the soul is hearing everything that God is saying to the spirit. God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful. So God just spoke fruitfulness into their spirit and it registered in their soul. Remember, I give you five components. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. So, imagination, that imagery inside of you. See, God created you to function according to your inner image. That's why your soul is there when God speaks into your spirit. Remember, the original Hebrew language is pictograph. Every time God says a word, there's a picture attached to it. What am I saying? When God speaks to you, instantly there's an image inside of you, and now you got to walk that inner image out. Be fruitful. Then he says, and. See, watch the your conjunction. You're fruitful and I want you to multiply. Watch the conjunction. And I want you to replenish the earth. Watch your conjunction. And subdue it and have dominion over over. So, we, we saw have dominion over already in one verse, right? But now he's added fruitful multiplication, replenishing, and subduing, subjugating, bringing subject, bringing under subjection to yourself, to it. And he says, and, in other words, and still have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And then God said something awesome. Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed. Pastor Caldwell taught us there was a seeding seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. Watch this now. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have. Given every green herb for meat. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God just gave me the seed that produces the herb, that produces the meat. I'm in authority. Everything on the planet, I got the food chain. you going to do what I say. I control the food chain because I control the seed. The seed is given to me, and the seed produces the herb bearing fruit. And I'm trying to tell you, that's a place of dominion where you use your seed to dominate. You can take, okay, I got a two-acre yard. My front yard is about three quarters of an acre. So that means my backyard is a little over an acre, okay? So right now, my backyard is filled with St. Augustine grass. But if I took a quarter acre in the corner, plowed it up, amen, got the weeds out, got it ready, I could take seed and it would never be a backyard again. I can take that seed and make that a flower garden. I could take that seed and make that a vegetable garden. Do you understand? My seed would dominate that plot of ground. My seed will help me dominate the earth, subdue the earth, bring the earth under my subjection. My seed will help me, amen, replenish the earth. You got to understand, your seed empowers you to dominate. Why? Because you've been authorized to use the seed. Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. We we got some other places to go, but I want you to flow with me. Go to chapter two. Keep in mind, when God said all of this, man was just a spirit that had a soul. Cause he's in the image and likeness of God, right? So God has just put multiplication in your spirit. God just put fruitfulness in your spirit. God just put dominion in your spirit. He just put the expectation to subdue in your spirit. Not only the expectation but the responsibility to execute. He's put it in your spirit and authorized you spiritually to utilize it because that's what you are. I'm trying to tell you all of your fruitfulness comes out of your spirit. All of your multiplying expansion comes out of your spirit. All of the dominion that you're going to ever take is going to come out of your spirit. Everything that you're going to subdue, you got to first subdue it and recognize in your spirit that you are responsible to to, to dominate and you are equipped. You have been endowed with power to dominate, but you got to know it in your spirit and the church today has been stuck at the letter and their mind says you have it, but spiritually they can't see how to do it, so they're scratching their head wondering, when Lord? One day you're going to give us dominion. No, no, no. He already gave it. You in chapter 2? Look at verse 4. Now think about this. Peter said, one day with the Lord, there's a thousand years, a thousand years, is a day, right? So using Peter's analogy, let's say man has now been in God for two days. He has been marinating in God for two days, but not only marinating, but he's been observing God functioning as God in God's domain. For two days, nothing's been happening in the earth. For two days, God hasn't walked in the earth. For two days, God hasn't mentioned the earth. For two days, Adam is inside of God. You know, Adam means blood child. He is God's blood child inside of God, empowered, endowed by God, in close face-to-face communion with God, getting revelation of God from God as God demonstrates how to be God in God's domain, in God's realm. This is all this is, this is this is all he know. This is the first impression on his life. This is his first view of God and he is in God's image. So what Adam is seeing, he's seeing himself do. Even though he's not in a place to do it. Think about it when you train a child, training ain't teaching you showing them. When coach was training me how to shoot a basketball, he sit there, he told me, you see that rim where it closes, you see that crack in the back of it? Point your toe at that crack. He said, now all right, keep your, don't, don't turn your foot like this. Keep your foot straight. Now bend your knee. He said, you see your knee is over your toe? Put your elbow over your knee. Now raise that ball out of view. What was he doing? He was training me how to form a shot before I ever took a shot. So I'm trying to tell you, God was showing Adam how to exercise authority before he ever had an opportunity to do it. Why? He's watching his coach. He's watching his mentor. He's watching God demonstrate and dominate in God's arena. And you got to understand, God didn't change. Everything Adam saw God do, God was doing with his word and his presence. Remember, authority is a possession and it's also a position. So he saw God in the position as God, operating like God. And this is imprinting his spirit and his soul. Understand, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellectual faculties are all in your soul. Now watch this. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that God made the earth and the heavens, plural. And every plant of the field, when? Read, when? Talk to me. Before it was what? So that means seed. If it ain't in the earth yet, it's seed. But remember, God declares the end from the beginning. So God, Adam don't just see seed in heaven. He sees manifested fruit, but he knows it's seed. See, so in my spirit, when you hand me seed, I don't see seed. I see manifested trees that producing fruit. See, because the image is in me, I've seen the fruit. I've seen I receive. I've seen how God functions in this level. And so now, God said, I've given you every seed that produces the herb for the meat. So when God gave me the seed... I saw the tree. When God gave me the seed, I saw the coconut tree. I saw the pomegranate tree. I saw the grapefruit tree. I saw the orange. I saw the banana trees. I saw the orange field. I saw the grapevine. Why? Because it's in the seed. And the seed is a spiritual principle. And we've got to come to understand that seed time and harvest is not carnal. Now, see, if you read Genesis chapter 1 very dearly, you'll see what God said to the earth. God, not a matter of fact, we, we got time. Let's just go back over there. I'll get back to this in a minute. Go back to the first chapter. Go down, go, down go down to verse 11. 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 Chapter 1, verse 11. Chapter 1, verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yielding seed. The the herb is going to yield seed, right? But it takes a seed to produce the herb. Remember when they used to ask you what came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. Think about it. God didn't bring Adam an egg to name. He bought him a chicken. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after. His kind, Brother James, here, in my truck, look under my armrest and bring me a towel. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Whose seed is where? In itself upon the earth, and it was so, now watch this, and the earth brought forth grass, and it brought forth herb-yielding seed, After his kind, and it brought forth the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself, after his kind, and God saw that it was. And that's what he consummated the third day, right? I submit to you, all that we just read is in the spirit, not in the earth. God has just set the laws in the earth. He's just given the earth its authority to make a seed germinate and bring forth. He has just authorized the earth to produce whatever you put in it, amen, to make it germinate and bring forth. Remember, God declares the end from the beginning. So God is showing you what it's going to be, but in God it already is. Remember, God is I am, and when you look up the word I am, amen, it's I am that I was, I am that I am, and I am what I'm going to be. You know, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He who was and is and is to come. So God was showing, amen, right here that he was speaking before he ever made man. Man don't come on the scene to the 26, 27, 28 verse, right? So right now, God is setting laws in motion. He's establishing spiritual and natural law. And all of a sudden, God is saying it was so. Now go back to the second chapter and we'll see. It was so, but it was not so. Yeah. It's so in the spirit, but it's not so in the earth. What? God's word is forever settled in heaven. You got to establish it in the earth. Yeah. Yes, sir. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that God made the heaven and the earth and watched it in every tree of the field before it was in the earth. But then We just saw over there in verse 11 and 12, it's in the earth, it's already so. It's in the earth because God said it's going to be in the earth. And when God speaks, he speaks the end from the beginning. So God called a thing to be not as though it were. So when God said it was so, that means the law is established and cannot be broken. Ah, help me, Jesus. Watch this. For because the Lord had not called it to rain upon the earth, why? There was no man to till the ground. God is not wasteful. He was not going to put all that fruit out there. There There's no animals to eat it. No man to eat it. No man to govern it. No, no. But I've got the law set. That's just like Jesus. Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. Well, we say it happened 2,000 years ago. Why? Because God waited to the fullness of time but God did it before time ever became. God did it in eternity and it manifested in time. They went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God Formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath, the ruach, the spirit. That spirit that's been in God for these last two days, God is now breathing, releasing it into this physical body that he has created with his word that he has formed with his word that he has taken the existing particles of the dust of the ground. do you understand if somebody take a smartphone right now so y'all won't think I'm just tripping somebody got a smartphone Google how much gold is in the human body right quick and shout it out Google how much gold is in the human body when God formed you from the dust of the earth he didn't just use clay he didn't just use dirt he used the dust of the ground. I submit to you, we in Little Rock, Arkansas, and some of us got dust from New Orleans on our car. It blew in with the wind. It came from all over, but we never had to leave this spot. God has put everything in you, not only in your spirits. You found it yet? How many? 0.2 milligrams of gold is in your body while you're sitting there broke. Come on now. Go! It's in your body while you're sitting there wanting to get some go. I'm telling you, God has put the stuff you need on the inside of you, and you got to learn how to get it out. You got to learn how to go into your spirit, man, and make your earth, your body, produce. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Watch this now. And man became a living soul. Now, sages say this means man became another speaking spirit. I submit to you, some of us speak too fast. Watch this. Man has become a living soul, an animated, vibrant, functioning, being with a, he's a spirit, he has these faculties, now he has a body, an earth suit, now he's leaving the heavens, coming into the earth with the the revelation of the heavens in his spirit, knowing how to operate in the earth, because let thy will be done in earth, what? As it is in heaven. He's seen how it is in heaven, so Adam is not at a loss. When he hit this planet, he ain't challenged. I know what to do. When Adam looks out and see barren stuff, he don't see barren because he got an inner image. I see trees that produce fruit once a month. I see crystal clear rivers. Why? Because that's where I've been. That's all I've ever seen. That's all I've ever known. That's the image inside of me. And now I'm about to get an opportunity to bring it out of me. But because he's a spirit, he ain't functioning in his emotions. Watch this. Watch, watch this, I gotta go back, this electronic Bible wants to go ahead of me. Now, verse 8, and the Lord God, now he's already formed man, right? Man now has his body, right? Man now has a trichotomy, man now has his three components. And the Lord God, did you notice? Everywhere else it was God. Now, it's, it went from being Elohim to Yahweh Elohim or Jehovah Elohim, meaning covenant family God. I'm not just God creator. Now I'm God that's incumbent with my man that's my blood child. So now it's a family thing. God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Do you think he used a tractor? He's still using his words, showing this man how to operate an authority as a way of life. What's inside of you that you see and you need it outside of you, you speak it out with an authoritative command and you bring it forth. He planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree. Let me back up and say it like this. He made to grow every seed that he planted. The tree wasn't in the ground until God planted the garden. Until you plant the garden, there is no garden, right? So, once you plant the garden, the seed is in the ground and the ground has got a process given to it in Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 to make your seed become a herb bearing fruit. So, God now is showing man in his domain how to operate in dominion, how to make the seed subject to you to produce your authority, your dominating place, your place of subjection, bringing the earth subject to you. It went from being barren, it went from being covered, amen, with more to now is filled with seed But now the seed must grow, must grow. And do you notice the terminology God made it grow An officer that's apprehending a criminal Makes him come subject And God said I want you to dominate I want you to subdue So God now is making the earth Respond to the seed he put in it We plant seeds in wine whining, oh Lord, I don't know my seed, maybe it ain't gonna produce. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it's already in the earth. The earth know what to do with your seed. So when you put it in there, talk to it. I remember Richard teach teaches congregation every time I would go there for a revival. Hold your seed up. And he would tell them they make a confession. Then he said now talk to your seed. See you've been making a confession about what it's going to do. Now give your seed an assignment. Tell your seed where to go where to grow, what to produce. See that was long before the revelation of name your seed came to the body. But he had a revelation that my seed is going to obey me. My seed has an assignment and my seed is going to go do something because I'm authorized to sow it. And if I'm authorized to sow it i am authorized rather tell it what to produce. Praise God. Think about it. You name your children, they come subject to you. You ain't subject to them. Well, I don't know about some of y'all. But anyway, most parents, remember when God brought everything that he made to Adam to see what Adam would call it? So when God made a giraffe, I submit to you, it was not animated. God, Adam wasn't animated To God breathed the breath of life in him so when god bought these things to adam then whatever adam called it it became and it walked off but it walked off knowing i'm subject to adam it didn't walk off thinking i gotta do what he said because god with him no 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 no. he's clothed and crowned in the glory of god okay watch watch chapter let's go to chapter nine i'm just trying to show you that authority is a. let me say it like this Authority is essential now for the believer. God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be what? And, and, you heard that before, haven't you? Adam has fallen. And somewhere we think Adam lost his authority. Adam lost the crown of glory that was on him. He lost his real God consciousness. He lost the the revelation that I am just like God. I'm in the image of God because I lost the presence of God. But the authority still belongs to man on this planet. Watch this. And the fear, the respect, the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, every fowl of the air, everything that's moving in the earth and all the fish in the sea into your hand, yud. The Hebrew word yud, your power, your dominion, your authority, have I given it? If you a man on this planet, you got authority. Why do you think unsaved men have tamed elephants, giraffes? See, James tell you, every creature been tamed by man but the tongue. So what am I showing you is God didn't take your authority. Okay, let's go to Psalm 8. I'm telling you, saints of the most high, authority is essential. We got to get past head knowledge, and we got to get a revelation that I have been authorized, that I do have authority, and I have a responsibility to properly exercise it. When authority is used right, it can't be questioned. There is no insubordination for a soldier, for uh, 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 an, an individual that is in his position of rank, that's in right standing with the Pentagon, in right standing with the full chain of command down to him. If anything is going to happen, it's going to be to the one who rebels against his authority because right use of authority cannot be challenged. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8 and 4, where well, the word of a king is, there is power. But the Amplified Bible says the word of a king is power is authority. Your authority is in your words. Once you speak, I told you when you walk in David King's house, nice as he is, if David says sit down, what you gonna do? I'm gonna ask him where? I ain't gonna just go sit down. I'm gonna say, well, where you gonna sit that. I'm gonna sit where he tell me to sit. It don't matter what my bladder's doing. If I got to go to the bathroom and I can see the door open, what I got to do? I got to get authorized by the authority to go to the bathroom. And then Patricia might say, hold on, let me go in there first. I don't want you to go in there first. I need to go in there quickly. Wait till she come out. You ain't moving till she comes out. She want to go do a clean check. Make sure DJ ain't been in there messing up something. She got to go check it out. And what are you going to do? You go, If you got to squirm, I'm trying to tell you, when you recognize authority, you realize what it is, you submit yourself willfully. And anything who tries to rise up against authority then begins to realize I got to deal with an authority. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we haven't come with the devil. When the devil tries to rise up against you, you don't back up. That's your time to say, no, you didn't. Psalm 8, Psalm 8, go down to verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? What is this Adam that you've created that you are mindful of him? God's mind stays on you. God's mind is full of you. And what's this? And the son of man that you visit is him. Now, don't, don't look at that word visitors and think about he come to see you. Think about he superintends, he oversees him. What is this man, this son of man, that you superintend his life? See, God wants to stay intricately involved in every aspect of your life. That's why I said soldiers understand the chain of command. You ain't got captains just running out here doing stuff. They don't, they don't recognize, they acknowledge nobody. No, no, it's a chain of command. And that's that's what makes it work. We say teamwork makes the dream. Framework. Long as I stay in right standing, long as I stay in submission, I'm in authority. When I get out of submission to authority, I lose my position of authority. Yeah. Thou made him a little lower than God. Now you know he said angels that Elohim. For thou has made him a little lower than God. Watch this. You have crowned him with glory and honor. This crown does not sit on your head. This crown encircles you. It encompasses you. That's what Adam had in the beginning. He was fully clothed in the glory of God. He said, "You have crowned him." Remember when Moses had a you know a couple of million people to deal with, and this was the Jephro said, "Boy, you're gonna wear yourself and the people out." God goes. Moses goes to God. God said, "Call for seventy elders." I'm going to place some of your honor upon them. I'm going to take the honor that's on you and put it upon them. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to do it before the congregation. And now, they're not going to run to Moses with everything. They're going to run to those who now are wearing his honor. And because they got Moses' this honor, they're going to honor these just like those that would honor Moses. So God has crowned us with his honor. Y'all didn't catch that one right there creation is gonna now respond to you like it responds to God you understand that and you stand in the name of Jesus you will stand with the confidence that the word of God in my mouth is as powerful as it was in Jesus mouth because Jesus said I do nothing but what I see the father do I say nothing but what I hear the father say and when I walk like Jesus and I stand in his name every word out of my mouth is a word from God and guess what Jeremiah I hasten my word I watch over my word I watch for my word to bring it to pass. So when you release my word, I'm releasing an angel. When you release my word, I'm releasing an anointed. When you release my word, heaven is backing it up. We got to learn to walk in authority on purpose. Get conscious of your dominion. Folks, I'm going to put your armor on every day. That's what military soldiers do. They put their uniform on every day. I sleep in mine. Don't take it off. Once you put it on, wear it. Don't keep taking it off, putting it on. You might get caught between, between getting dressed. Watch this. This is what I brought you here for. Verse six is why I brought you to this particular chapter. Now you crown him with your glory. You made him to have. You made him for the purpose of having dominion over the works of your hand. You have put everything under his feet. We don't see all things under our feet, do we? But it's under our feet. Notice what I said. We don't see it. I mean, we don't perceive it. We don't recognize it. See, we think some things are under our feet. I submit to you, Amen. Before coming to Faith Builders Church, that was a time in your life when you heard somewhere that you had the power to cast out demons, but you didn't realize you had power to stop storms. You didn't realize that everything. But see, Jesus is your pattern. Jesus was asleep. They awoke him in Mark chapter 4 by verse 35 and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus walked out. The wind was so awesome. The the Bible uses the word get on my beat. Beat is the, the Greek word get on my. It means to pick up and tossed like a ball. It was tossing waves over into the boat. The waves weren't hitting against the boat. They were being tossed into the boat. The boat was now full. That means when they woke him up, he woke up standing in water. He woke up wading in water, but you don't see anything where he mentioned the water that he stood in. He walked straight to the source. He rebuked the wind, breath, spirit that had agitated everything. He rebuked it and rebuked. He don't say, I rebuke you. That's not how you rebuke. To rebuke is to speak against. It is to speak to with a righteous indignation. In other words, if I said, "Woo, she cussed him out," you don't think she said, "I cuss you out." You know that. You know that ain't what happened, right? <laughs> so when Jesus rebuked that wind, when he got through talking to that wind, that wind was so shame and subject. He made it come subject to him, and that wind stopped. Then he looked at the sea and said, "Peace, be still." Return back to your original state. Hush, put on a muscle. Rick Renner taught us a The only word we got in our language that can come close to, t- to t- telling us what he said is he looked at it and after he rebuked the wind, see, you know, there's an aftermath. The water was still agitated. Jesus looked at it and said, shh. You see the atmospheric change? You got that same authority in you. See, Even though I like things loud, authority is not volume. There are times when you don't have to raise your voice and you don't even have to grit your teeth. You can say, sit down. And my grandma said, and don't make me tell you again. And that that tone of voice, you can look in the fire in her eyes and know, I ain't messing with grandma today. I'm finna go sit down until she tell me to get up. I'm trying to tell you He made us to dominate the work of his hand. Listen, I stepped into this years ago by praying in tongues when I didn't have the revelation that I have now. I'm talking about 40 years ago. I say 40 years ago accurately because my daughter will be 40 next month and my wife was about seven months pregnant with my daughter and the craziest out of nowhere windstorm storm hit Little Rock. It just, I mean like in five minutes it was dark. It, it's in the middle of the day. It's dark rain coming like sheets. Dark clouds is rolling in. Wind is howling and this is pre-cell phone. My wife is somewhere. I don't know where she at and the rain Is wind is too strong for me to get in the car and try to go find her but I know wherever she is in that little 76 Nova she's driving she parks somewhere she ain't trying to put that thing out there in this high wind so I'm praying in tongues. I'm on the porch. We we stayed at 14, 18 games. That place was torn down a few years ago. But I was on that porch walking back and forth, praying in the Holy Ghost, and my mind is open. See, I'm waiting for God to talk to me. I had learned that to put my antenna up from Dad Hagen. So I'm walking, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because I know I'm praying the will of God. And all of a sudden, it rose up in me and said, speak to that storm and stop it. And without even thinking, I said, You foul storm in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop every dark cloud. Roll away, son. Breakthrough, wind stop in Jesus' name. Five minutes, it just rolled away like it had never been there. All the rain started, it didn't drizzle. The rain just quit, the clouds were gone, the sun broke forth, and my wife was two blocks from home paralyzed in the rain, couldn't move. And she turned the corner and said, I couldn't even see out my windshield. That was my first encounter with dealing with wind and wave now since then i've had so many i was in new i was in new london connecticut when gloria came through hurricane gloria in the 80s and all of a sudden the pastor came and said uh what you gonna do I what you mean what i'm gonna do i'm gonna preach tonight he said well ain't you heard I said, i heard what i said i don't watch the news when i'm preaching he said there's a hurricane out there you know when you're in connecticut you're right on the ocean i said uh Where's the hurricane at? He said, well, it's in the ocean. They said, it's coming in. I said, what direction is it? He told me, I turned around and I said, Gloria, in the name of Jesus, I command you to stay at sea. Don't come in. I said, tell the saints we have in church. Three days, I kept preaching. And every night, they would come to church saying, we don't understand this, Pastor. They say Gloria just sitting out there spinning. They said they know she's going to come in, but she's just hovering out in the coast. Gloria was bound by words of authority. You got to understand something. Gloria could not come in because I told Gloria you are not coming in while I'm here. Now, Friday night at midnight, I had to leave to go to New Rochelle, New York to preach the next day. And so I said, Pastor, I think it's cooler to travel at night. So we leaving tonight. I got to New Rochelle, from New London, Connecticut, to New Rochelle, New York, about two and a half hours. And so I got to New Rochelle. I called a pastor to tell him we had a safe arrival. He said, Good you left at midnight. I said, Why? He said, Gloria blew the window panes out the parsonage that you stayed in at two o'clock this morning. I said, Pastor, that's your fault. He said, Why do you mean it's my fault? I said, That's your parsonage, that's your church. I said, if Gloria couldn't come in your church while I was there, why did you let her come in after I left? You know what the difference was? He had never heard authority talk. He thought, that's my father working and all I can do is buckle down, get in the storm shelter. That's how the average person thinks, saved or unsaved. They don't realize you've been authorized to deal with adverse weather that's threatening you. You can't just go make it stop raining when you want to. But when things are adverse and they're, they're attacking your well-being, they're attacking your quality of life. So, Jeannie Carwell tells us the story when they were down in Florida in one of pastors' uh, relatives' co- uh, cottage. And they were sitting there and the man came over the radio and was telling all the barges to do their best to get off the water. Because, you know, they are it a water spray. and Sister Gina called it a tornado on the water and she said all of a sudden uh, she said uh, listen to this you know she called Pastor Hap she said Hap listen to this and when he said that he told that thing I command you to stop go back out to sea he said in about 15 minutes they came on the radio and said well it's safe passage now it stopped and just went on back out to sea nobody knows there was a man of God on shore that told him what to do they just think strange weather pattern. No, 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 no. Somebody on the planet recognized they had authority and they utilized it. Watch this. And it saved a whole lot of people. My son used to say, when God saved me, he saved a whole lot of people. And so you don't know when you exercise your authority, you deliver a whole lot of people that would have been in harm's way in the path of destruction. I was in St. Philip Barbados. Let's go to Boston first. I was in Boston, Massachusetts when Hurricane David came through. And they took me to a store. They have a store called Mo Black. Mo Black is like a Sam's Whole Club. okay? And so we had went to the store and saw how how close it looked to Sam's. And then when they announced the hurricane, two days, he said, now let me take you back to Mo Black. Now, I had just saw this store two days ago. Every shelf is filled. We walk in Mo Black, it looked like a ghost town. I said, what happened? He said, they heard there's a hurricane coming. And she said, let's drive through the city. Windows were boarded up. She said, so what are you going to do? I said, we're going to have a revival. I said, I didn't come to Boston just to come visit. I said, God sent me here. I'm on assignment. If God sent me here, God put me here on assignment, God knew David was going to try to come here. I feel like David is like the storm on the sea that didn't want Jesus to get over the gatherings. I said, so David's got to back up. So I went to the church that night and I told the saints, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're going to stop David tonight. I said, there will be no hurricane. There will be no destruction in Boston and Mattapan. That's why I was preaching that. And I said, we're going to take authority over it right now. I said, all I need y'all to do is just say amen. Don't try to pray. Don't try to rebuke David. I got David. You just agree with me. All I need you to say is amen because see, some people don't know how to rebuke something. They don't know how to deal with it. I spoke to David in the name of Jesus. I explained to David that I was on assignment and that I had authority over him and you will not traumatize this city while I'm here. There will be no violent winds in this city. You will not destroy anything. As a matter of fact, I command you to dissipate and go the other direction. And the next day on the news, David made a turn. David didn't just make a turn. David ran into an officer that made him detour. See, and I'm trying to tell you, you have got authority more than over demon spirits. Because demons are behind adverse weather. And you can deal with it when you recognize you're authorized to do it. And I can tell you the truth. I didn't have to do what I did that night. I just wanted that body to stay sober-minded. And I wanted to see them with a fact that agreement and authority could stop even a hurricane. It so impacted them that that revival went 18 days. They wouldn't close it down. They wanted me to stay 21. I said, I can't do it. I'm already booked. I've already, a man has already authorized, uh, di- I mean, uh, advertised dearly, and I can't waste his money. I said, I gotta go. He said, Well, can you come back in six months? And I went to Boston every year for. Six months at a time, every six months, twice a year for about seven years in a row because they had saw the power of God demonstrated in a way they was not aware of and they wanted me and Jesse back in that city teaching in the daytime, preaching at night because they were saved since the 50s. And now they're learning. I got authority I didn't know I had. And that's what I'm telling you. He has put everything under your... Let me, let me take another place. out in New London, Connecticut, walking down Montauk Avenue. Had my cousin with me. And I'm standing in that little parsonage. And I told John, I said, John, this little place is too tight. I said, I need, to, I need to breathe. I said, let's just go walk. I said, I took my clothes to the cleaners. I said, so about just a little two-mile loop, and we can be back. He said, OK. So we go out, we walk, and we, the first mile, we prayed in tongues. I said, I'm just, I'm just getting out get some fresh air. we praying in tongues. Then he he gave me a test. So we started praising the Lord. He gave a testimony. We're praising the Lord. soon as we turn on Montauk Avenue, there's this big husky dog. He mad at somebody. I mean, this dog is growling. He's running toward us, teeth, gum. And, he, ar. and so normally, see, I'm from the country. Normally, I just take my belt off and roll it up to the buckle, and I beat a dog to death. I got on suspenders today. I ain't got on no belt. And this dog is coming at a high rate of speed. I did not have a thought. In my spirit, I had a mini vision. And I just followed my spirit. This dog is coming. He brought me here to that back wall. He coming. I got on like this. Got eye level. I said, dog in the name of Jesus Christ, I curse you. And I command you to stop and turn around. He went. And just looked at me for a while. And he just turned and walked on. I turned to look for my cousin. I said, John, look at two blocks up the street. Talking about an armor bearer. He done ran off and left the man of God. I said, cuz, why you leaving me? He said, that dog looked like he was vicious. And I said, he ain't getting but one of us. And it ain't going to be me. That's why I don't have no armor bearers today. I just wear my own armor. <laughs> I'm not worried with it. No. The boy told me, he said, that dog looked bad, man. I said, he ain't getting but one of us. And it ain't going to be me. And he ran off and left the man of God. Left me there to deal with that dog. This is a dog, I don't know whose dog it was. I don't know where it came from. But Saints, I'm telling you, there was no fear. The only thought I had was to respond to the mini vision in my spirit. Years later, I was at home. My son uh, was playing with a little guy we call Fat Man. So I'm pulling up to the car, I never forget I was driving a little Scamp, and I pulled, I turned the corner. And i saw this black dog woman just and i'm looking at my son and his dog and i'm like he don't even hear the dog coming i almost messed up the uh, the uh the gear shift in the car i threw the thing in park i'm getting out the car putting it in park and i did the same thing i got between him and that dog now this time i didn't have no vision i just had a righteous indignation like you coming to bite my child and i did the same thing i said stop stop in the name of jesus i command you to stop now and turn around and it was like something hit him he went oh he turned quick, like, I don't know if the angel slapped him or what, but he turned and he looked back at me like, What you do? And went on back down the street. Okay, I was in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and I told the testimony, right? Three years later, Prophet Willie Edwards and a couple of guys were out street witnessing. And Willie said, I couldn't run when I was in the streets. He said, That's why I was so tough. I ain't run from nothing. He said, Here comes this big old dog. He said, and This dog is running. He said, All the guys are scattered and left me with the dog. He said, I already know I don't run fast if I do run. He said, but I thought about your testimony. He said, I did the same thing. He said, I don't know why. He said, I got down and looked at that dog. I said, dog, in the name of Jesus Christ, another, I bind you. He said, that dog just stopped and looked at him. mm, Turned around and left. All the other guys are gone. He said, hey, boys, come on back. He said, where the dog at? What happened? Your authority, it takes, oh, man, let me tell you. The Greek word exousia, for authority, It means jurisdiction god just told you over all the earth you got jurisdiction i know that's a popular teaching and i've never agreed with it if you don't have uh land in colorado you don't have authority in colorado over all the earth of god you got authority in africa you got authority in guatemala you got authority in jamaica wherever there's earth you got authority And we got to harness it and begin to walk in. Now, watch this. The same preachers that tell us we don't have authority in an area unless we have land there will tell us when something devastating is going on on the East Coast, pray for the saints on the East Coast. Why? Why? If I don't have no authority, what am I praying for? No. You got authority. And you can speak. And I'm telling you, okay, now let's go to Matthew. I'm not giving you new scriptures. I'm just trying to get you to take a second look at them. Matthew 28, verse 18. I'm telling you, God I've been just burning this in my spirit. Become conscious of your authority. Even we got to get aware of the fact that we got authority in the economic arena. Yeah. And when you start putting a demand, it, you know, when I, every time I get to thinking about this, God shows me Dr. Leroy Thompson. 20, almost 30 years ago, when the revelation of money cometh came to Leroy, Leroy did not have wealth. Leroy had a lot of seed in the ground. I had been in service with Leroy. I knew who he was. I had been in service with him when he had sold $20,000, $10,000, $12,000. But he was believing God for a harvest. But when God gave him the revelation of money come up to me now. Now he taught us that it's coming to the body of Christ. But when he spoke it, he said money come up to me now. It was years before he started talking about the body of Christ. But before he ever spoke it, money started coming to him. When God gave him the revelation of it, money started coming to him. Now, you know me. I'm like, God, is that in the word? Can you show me that in the word? I know I just told you to go to Matthew. but Let me, take, let me read Matthew and then we'll go to King Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, came and spake unto them, saying, all power. amplify says, he said, all authority to rule. is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, you take it go ye see he gave it to you he authorized us now go to go to kings i'm gonna show you something when i'm asking god i mean i think it's still healthy to ask god i don't care who the man of god is if he come up with something you ain't heard ask god lord is that scripture because you know we, we do have folk that mutate you know think about it now look at the body of christ we got folk that mutate i don't care i don't care what you say there are people in the body of christ who started right paul said you did run away well. who did hinder you and folk get off and paul said follow me how as I follow Christ. So when Dr. Thompson came out with that, I said, God, is that in the word? Second Kings chapter 12. When Brother Leroy, Pastor, Pastor Caldwell, had him at our church, the first time he ever came. And I wasn't trying to push myself forward, I went to Pastor Caldwell. I said, God showed me this. And I ain't never heard Leroy teach this scripture. He said, go show it to him. So I introduced myself to him and I gave him this verse. And he said a few months later. He said, I done wrote the book and got the manifestation, but I never saw this verse until the man showed it to me. Verse 4, Jehoash said to the priest, all the money of the dedicated thing that is bought into the house of the Lord, even the money of everyone that passes the account, the money that every man is set at, and all the money that what? Money cometh. It was, it was another. He said, and so what I'm telling you is, if money will come, everything God created has ears, right? He created trees. Trees create paper. We make paper the money money's got ears. You got seed in the ground. You got a harvest out there. You can speak to your harvest and command it to come to you and angels will get involved. Yeah. Matthew 13 that tells you verse 39 that the angels are the reapers in the latter days. If they'll help us to win the loss, they help us to get the money to disciple and train the loss. We got to open our mouth and speak. Your harvest is out there, man, I've been giving, I've been giving, I don't know what's going on. Look like my money ain't going to never come. Well, you know, I feel like the Hebrew boys. If it don't come, I'm going to bleed God anyway. That, ain't, that, was, that was not the Hebrew boys' attitude, you know. Y'all looking at me like, go to Daniel. <laughs> Daniel 3. But I, that's what I heard. Well, see, that's how you all to read for yourself. It's amazing how we can hear something and read it right into the Scripture and it never was there. Go to verse 14. Daniel 3:14. Because this king is upset. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up now? If you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the sausage, the duclamer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Anthony said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. We're not full of care. We ain't traumatized. We're not mesmerized. We don't have to call a huddle. We don't have nothing to discuss. You know why? They knew their God. They that do know their God shall be what? Strong and do what? Exploits. Now watch this. Watch their answer. We ain't careful to answer you in this matter. Like we already got our answer. We ain't intimidated. No trepidation here. If it be so, meaning if you put us in the furnace... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And since you asked a question, and he will deliver us out of your hand, yud, out of your power, out of your authority, O oh king. But if not, if you do not put us in the furnace, if you put us in there, God going to get us out. If you don't put us in there, O oh king, being known unto you, we're not going to serve your oh God, and we're not going to worship the image that you set up. In other words, we're not compromising it. You can't buy us out to make yourself look good. Put us in there, God going to embarrass you because he's going to get us out. Don't put us in there, we're going to embarrass you because we're not going to bow. Amen. See, they they, they they standing in authority right here. Yes. They just let the king, see, you thought the king was the top. No, 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 that's another king. And these boys were ambassadors for that king. And so they told the earthly king, I'm going to let you know that the kingdom of God rules in the kingdom of men. Because if you put me in that furnace, God going to get me out. If he's able to deliver me out of your hand, you can't do nothing to me. So if you don't put me in the furnace, we ain't compromising with you. We're not bowing down. We're not going to burn. So he got angry. Put him in there, and we know the story, though. They didn't bow. They didn't burn. When he, he, I, it's been preached for years. Whether God deliver me or not, He hey, but that is no way. You can't read that. If you understand English language, you can't read that into that scripture. Right. But if somebody teach you that and you read what they said into it, but just read it on your own and it's too obvious. Because yeah, right. buddy, if not, I mean, if he don't deliver them, they burn like bacon so there ain't, ain't nothing else to go with. No, he's saying, if you don't put us in there, we're not bowing. If you put us in there, we're not burning. Why? We know our God. Yeah, God. saints, Take their words out of this equation and it would read very much different. See, there is authority in your words when you are not saying, I bind you, I rebuke you. No, no, when you speak, you are releasing authority. Angels are very acutely sensitive to the word of God. They hearken to the voice of the word of God. So when you speak in line with the word of God, God has authorized you. That's why you got, see we got economic authority that we're going to begin to use in this hour because as you begin to speak, remember you a seed sower. You got harvest out there. And some of you in this room got major harvest out there. And the time of harvest has come but the sickle of your faith it's got to be used, and in case you don't know it, authority is voice-activated. Your authority works better when you have confidence in it. When you realize it and recognize it, then you can boldly exercise it. You ain't never seen a captain walk into a bunch of privates. I don't care what class privates they were, trembling. Nah, 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 I, 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 I really want you, 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 you uh, you, you privates to obey me. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not, I'm not, no, no, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. No, 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 no. You know why? Because they walk. When they walk in, they collarbars make folk getting attention already. <laughs> they just, they're going to cap. Whatever they was doing that wasn't right, they got right. Why? They recognized an authority before he ever spoke with authority. When you read Esther, I think about 3 and 9, the Bible says Esther wrote with authority. See, authority is in your word whether it's written or spoken. You ever read a man of God, a woman of God's book? And you can feel the weight of their words in the book. See, it ain't ain't the volume. It's the authority that's in the word. So when you speak, you release authority. When you write, you release. God's word is written. There's power in it, isn't There's authority in your word, written or spoken. And there comes a place when you recognize your authority, you walk with authority. You ever been in a place like that where somebody walked in a room and you just stopped? Now, you see, when EF he Hudson speak, folk listen, this person ain't said nothing. They just walked in, they weren't stomping, they walked in the room and you realize, I don't know who that is, but whoever that is, whoo, they got authority. They got a legal right to operate at a level. I wanna see how, I was, I was in uh, Detroit, Michigan, and the late Archbishop Benson Itahosa was there to preach it. And so it was me, Miles Monroe, Fred Price, Lewis Greenup, Bishop Edahosa, I was the anchor man, so I'm always smart. I go a few days before my day to sit up under the other guys to listen to them. So I'm there, and uh, Miles Monroe left the night before, and all of a sudden, I mean, praise and worship was like we say off the chain. It was so, it was so thick in the praise and worship. Jesse's standing right here, and I don't forgot about her. I'm lost in worship. I mean, we in it, and all of a sudden on the side door he didn't come through the main entrance he's gonna slip in the side door and go straight up to the platform i had my eyes closed my hands up i'm off in this place with god and something so strong came in the building not only did my eyes open my head turn and when archbishop walked through that door a whole nother level of atmospheric currency came into that place i had never witnessed a man carrying a mantle like that he walked into a deep-seated worship and changed the atmosphere and took it up it was like all of a sudden all the music stopped and he just turned to the door the door didn't crack he was going to slip in and slip up but because of what he wore that another thought that he walked in and that night he moved in such an a, a, an anointing you know, I hate to talk about apostolic and northern because that, that starts getting folks into a squirrel. But he walked into such a power. that was a young lady came, an archbishop would anoint you. They bought him a little oil bottle. He threw it and said, Bring me some oil. They had to bring him a basin. <laughs> he put his whole hand in it. And they told us the day before, they called him Papa. They said, Papa is preaching Saturday. Wear something you can wash and wear. Do not, because you know, I like to dress. Says, don't, don't, don't you wear no night nice suit in his will See, 'cause because Papa is gonna anoint you. And if Papa anoints you, your suit gonna be oily. So, you know, I wore a cotton shirt and some slacks. Sure enough, we went across the stage. Bishop is anointing for, this one lady coming in like an evening gown. I mean, the thing looked like sequins. He just, I just I'm talking about took the, he, he did her twice. Just anointed her, she fell back. He did it again. She fell out, and he put his foot right in her stomach and began to pray. And he was explaining why he put his foot in the stomach because God didn't say lay your feet on nobody. He's going through all of this. She out like she, I mean, she out like a sheep. But when she came out under that power and saw that dress, ooh, she's upset, and she goes to the pastor and she, ah, she said, "Go talk to Papa." By this time, he's gotten dry. She's sitting there, she's renting. How much this dress cost? When she got through, Papa said these words. Holy Spirit says, hang it in the basement, and walked off. Hang it in the basement. You ain't gonna get my dress clean? You, This is a $500 dress. You ain't. He walked off. My last night of the crusade, she asked the pastor, because she testified. And she told her attitude, how angry she was. She said, but... The man you call, Papa, told me to hang my dress in the, he said, my basement, I don't use it. It's just an empty basement, and it don't even smell that good. She said, but when I got home that night, I was complaining, and God said, what did the apostle say? She said, Lord, he told me to hang my dress in the basement. He said, hanging in the basement. She said, and then the Holy Spirit said, hanging in the basement. So I did. And she said, I forgot about it until this morning and she had the dress with her. You couldn't find an oil spot on the dress nowhere. The dress did not smell like the basement and it didn't smell like oil. Now, does that make sense? What the air in the basement gotta do to remove oil out of a sequenced dress? No, I'm just trying to tell you when you don't let your emotions rule you and you follow God, there's a place in authority, saints, and we got to get in that place and we got to stay there. We got to walk there. Keep our roots of character deep. Keep, I mean, lay aside every weight. Everything God revealed to you that's hindering the fullness, the optimum level of your ministry office, lay it aside. And watch God take you from one level to another. Alexander was said he crossed the ocean several times, but five times a hurricane came and the captain was destroyed stroke and he would come on the of the boat he would tell the captain let me go atop he said i would go up and i would speak to the hurricane and every time it's dissipated it left and we had safe passage. do you understand we need more men of god on the cruise ship we need men of god on the airplane come on jesse talks about being on the airplane and the plane is going down the stewardess have forgot her training he grabbed her and said remember your training and begin to speak to the plane and it stopped sinking Ira here you he were on his private jet and it it dropped 3,000 feet then 5,000 feet then the pilot came on said pastor I don't know what's going on but look like we done lost both Indians and Ira said I'm not dying tonight he said his daughter's on the plane his wife on the plane staff on the plane he said I stood up and said all right angels whatever it takes for you to do get up under the wings of this plane and carry this plane to a safe landing and he began to speak the word of God no weapon formed against me shall prosper every tongue that rise against me in judgment I shall condemn it this is my heritage of the servant of the Lord so devil shut your lying mouth I'm not crashing my plane will not be destroyed we are not going down this plane will fly I'm going to Houston on this plane tonight in the name of Jesus get your hands off of my plane and all of a sudden the pilot came back on and said I don't know what happened both engines just came back on watch this they flew into houston called the mechanics took the plane in they searched it for three days and said, we find nothing wrong electronically there's nothing wrong with this plane mechanically there is no problem with this plane see we don't think that the devil can attack inanimate things but when you start understanding everything on this planet has ears God created everything with his word. If it's got an ear, it can hear your voice. And you have been authorized to speak, and it is time for us to become conscious. I mean, listen, I can give you testimonies of men that I know. brother pastor in Kansas City, Kansas, used to travel with me, and his goldfish died. His daughter's goldfish died, and this girl was distraught. He asked his wife, what is wrong with Tanya?" And she just took him in there. She crying too. She took him in there and the fish, you know, got the crook. Watch this. He didn't even think. He said, bring my oil bottle. She go get the oil bottle. What you going to do? You want to know the fish? He said, now bring me the little uh, eyedropper that you dropped the drops in your eye with. And he took that thing and put it in his oil bottle took the fish up, turned the fish up and put two drops of oil in the fish mouth and said, now fish, when I put you back in the tank, you swim in the name of Jesus. He threw it in, fish took off. They, now they're crying again. They shout, daddy, you raised my fish up. He said, before, I didn't think about it. When they showed me the dead fish, he said, that's just what came into my spirit. Put oil in the fish's mouth and commanded it to swim. He did it. He was getting ready to go preach. And he was driving a, a Beard Park Avenue. And his wife went out to put stuff in the car first. She said, Honey, it's something green coming out the car. He said, The only thing green in the car is radiator fluid. She said, Well, it's pouring out. And he went out there. And the car was started to warm up because it's winter. He looked at that car. And he said, Cut it off bring me a towel, because, you know, when, it, when it's hot, you don't just open it, radiator up. He said, bring me a towel and bring my oil bottle. She said, what you going to do? He said, I got to preach tonight. I'm going to anoint this thing. And it's going to run. Watch this now. He took the whole bottle of oil, about eight ounces, poured it in the radiator in the name of Jesus, put it back on there, told his wife, go on the couch and sit down for 15 minutes and just, just praise the Lord. She said, honey, he, he said, no, we're going to church tonight. She said, baby, you know how far we got to drive? We got to go all the way to Brinkley. That's about 70 miles from where we stay. He said, I'm preaching tonight. One out there, 15 minutes later, said, let's go. Got in the car, cranked the car, drove to Brinkley, preached, came back, three days. Forgot about the radiator. That Saturday, his wife said, you going to get the radiator fixed? He said, what's wrong with the radiator? She <laughs> <You laughs> said, you put all in it, wins the night, you don't He said, well, it looks like it's working pretty good. I said, me messing with it. He drove on that radiator for three months before he had to get it replaced. See, we, we one more, and I'm going to stop, stop the testimony. But I'm just trying to show you about men that I walked with, that I've watched walk this. Go on their way to Jacksonville, Jackson, Florida, Jackson, uh, Tennessee. Coming out of a little place called Muskogee, Oklahoma. The, the Hinton brothers, they had a flat when they got to the Arkansas state line. Well, they used the spare and took off. They get almost to Memphis, and Brother BK says, slow down, bro, I hear something. He said, you hear something, we on, he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, slow down, he slowed down, he let the window down. He said, pull over. He got out, he said, we having a flat. He said, man, we having a flat. He said, yeah, give me your oil bottle. Alfred said, what you gonna do with an oil bottle, Eric air come out the tap." He took that old bottle, anointed that tire and said, Tyre in the name of Jesus Christ announces, I gotta go to Jackson to preach the gospel. I don't have another spare, and you're gonna get me there. Now, seal in Jesus' name. And it went, shh. Alfred say said, Afro wait a minute. Let me let me. He said, Brother, I ain't never seen nothing like it. They had a miracle revival in Jackson, Tennessee, because somebody believed the authority would work on a tire. Now, if you got money, buy you some tires. He had used the only spare he had. Most of us would have been on the side of the road waiting for AAA, roadside service. Why? Because for the average person, your authority don't work on that. It don't work on that kind of stuff. It is what it is. Yeah, but it ain't what it look like. You have been authorized at a level you are not aware of, and God is trying to get us there. Come on, lift your hands. Father, we love you father we thank you for the revelation of authority thank you for bringing us into the awareness of the authority that jesus has given us help us to understand that depths of our authority. Help us to realize that we are deputies. We've been deputized and authorized. Help us to recognize and realize our authority and begin to utilize it in the name of Jesus in a more proficient way. Help us to live like this ever conscious that we have authority, that we have dominion over demon spirits, over adversity, over adverse situations and circumstances in crucial issues. We can utilize our our authority God oh God help us to realize it in the name of Jesus Christ glory to God think about Jesus walking on the water just came out of prayer his men on the boat and he's walking on the water to go to him Peter says Lord if that be you bid me to come Jesus says come that authorized him to walk on water he got out the boat watch this wind blowing billows roaring waves dashing in other words when he was in the boat he was more afraid of Jesus walking on the water than he was of the storm in the boat they had no fear of the storm he got out the boat authorized to walk on the water and the Bible clearly says he walked over the water for the purpose of going to Jesus. But on his journey. He began to pay attention. To the wind. He began to notice. No, In other words. He got distracted. By circumstances that he had already defeated. He got distracted. By a situation he had already dominated. You were already walking on the water. In the midst of all this. Nothing changed saints. But his focus. Refocus. Get your focus back get back consciously aware of what God has said and when he says it let that settle it in you and realize when he told me this all this other stuff was going on it didn't stop me from starting it ain't gonna stop me from finishing you got to make a decision shout out of the ba thank you for authorization Lord I praise you for being authorized. I? Never traumatized. Because I recognize. I have been authorized. Therefore. I willfully exercise. My authority. Over the powers of darkness. And everything that they stir up. Everything that rises against me. Is subject. To my authority. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you to go back and study and research the name of Jesus. That's where our authority is. I want you to get such an insight into the name of Jesus that you don't use it like a religious phrase or a cliche at the end of a prayer. You use it like the mighty weapon that it is, the inheritance that it is, the investment that God made in that name, and then he gave that name to us and authorized us to use it. It's a family name, but I want to I caution you. Your character makes a difference in the level of respect. Remember the sons of Sceva? He said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I don't recognize you. Satan should recognize you number one if you're born again you are righteous and when you understand you are righteous then you live holy because holiness is the lifestyle of the righteous so i'm righteous and i live holy and i am consciously aware that god has authorized me has given me authority and i'm going to use it because i'm in right standing with the chain of command see that's why the enemy tries to agitate you and move you off of things. Remember I taught you that one time I was here and I said, Your quality of life in the kingdom of God is conceived in your thoughts. Okay, let me break it down a little bit. What is the first mind battle? Thoughts. And it starts coming to you with thoughts. Right? Then I said it's confirmed by your words. If you think wrong, how are you gonna speak? You're gonna speak wrong. See the devil needs your words, he needs your conversation. So if he can get you thinking wrong and then get you to talk wrong the next thing is it's composed by your choices so you're gonna make the wrong choices think about this as he thinketh in his heart so is he or so he becomes so the enemy comes to mess with your thoughts but matthew told us this take no thought saying when the devil gives you a contrary thought open your mouth and say what the word says and see that thought died unborn it couldn't get in your affairs that's why it is it's detrimental when you keep your mouth shut too long when the enemy is messing with your mind. At the first inroads of a mind battle, of a negative train of thoughts coming into your mind, open your mouth and speak the word of God out of your mouth. Let the living truth come out of your mouth and dispel that trash. And that's why meditating on the word is so essential. Watch this, because these things try to rise themselves above your knowledge of God. You got knowledge of your authority, but if you don't get revelation of your authority, things will talk you out of it. I'm going to stop right
1: there. Praise God. Praise God. Say this out of your mouth. I take my place. I take my position. I receive the revelation of authority in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet. I've received. Thank you for your obedience, sir. Hallelujah. We're honored. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. I want to just release our faith. Give me this. As we sow this into reality of the gospel ministries, we join our covenant faith for debt freedom, Father, and we exercise our authority in our seed, dominating the needs and the situations that we have in our own lives, Father, by bringing forth multiplication, in Jesus' name.
0: Hallelujah. As I receive seed, I come into agreement with the seed coming to you. We pray that you And I thank you now because it's their seed that you will multiply. And yes. cause their harvest to come back to them a hundredfold. And even as they sown it into our ministry to aid us in the debt process. I receive the manifestation thereof. And I pray that same manifestation yes. upon them as they go forward. Think that they approach it. Smash over to pay for in Jesus' name. In no Jesus stress. name. No struggle. They will walk in economic dominion. Economic in Jesus authority. authority. In
1: Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord has his plans and his purposes. And we're honored to be a part of them. We didn't sing any of the songs that we had prepared to sing or the direction, but God knew what He had for us tonight. Amen? And so I encourage you, exercise your authority over the seed that you've sown into this. And if from this point on, make sure that you continue to put that authoritative demand upon your harvest Because what God is doing in our lives, the blessing is necessary to fulfill the the assignment that God has for us. Hallelujah. For you to gain that and continue operating in that authority, and specifically in this situation where your finances are concerned, Hallelujah. It's for the plan and purpose of God. Amen. Praise God. Let's declare the vision of our church. The vision of this church is to build people's faith and to frame their world by the word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you.
2: Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at mainbuildfaith.net. At this message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.